Hello and welcome to a special edition of Running Inside Out Podcast. You see that uh, that special music means it's a special episode. See that? Special. Different. Episode. Got it. This episode focuses on managing taper anxiety and post-race depression. So... You worked hard and you put in all the training. For months, your weekends have revolved around your long runs. You've dialed in your nutrition and you monitored your sleep. Now your big race is less than a month away. You are starting to taper and you're going a bit crazy. Or maybe you're on the other side of this. Maybe you ran your big race and you are on top of the world, but then the next morning you felt a bit empty or lonely or directionless or what now? Well, in this special episode, recorded at Medved Running and Walking, Stacy Steinmiller of Authentic Self Counseling tells us it's okay to feel neither of these feelings. And she provides us with some context as to why we experience these feelings and gives us some thoughtful tips for helping manage taper anxiety and kicking those post race blues. Now, you'll notice in the talk that Stacy refers a lot to a handout. You'll find that in the show notes or on the episode page. Um, so check it out because it's got a bunch of good stuff on it. Special thanks to Medved Running and Walking Outfitters for hosting this event, as well as many other events that bring our community together. So listen up as Stacy gets into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, Definitely feelings of runners just like you. Um, so for those that don't know, my name's Stacy Steinmiller. Um, I have um, a counseling business called Authentic Self Counseling, and I am also a runner. So um, I know there's talk of people struggling with anxiety before a race, depression after a race. Um, so I wanted to be able to offer something to the running community and talking about the mental health side of running, which gets some talk, but I think doesn't get a whole lot of talk because mental health is often an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people. So, um, so I want to talk about it more, also reduce the stigma of it, as well as just a goal of mine in general. So um, this talk is about taper anxiety and post-race depression, but it can be basically applied to any time that you're not running or not running as much, because I think that's the underlying issue that happens in both of these cases. Um, so it's kind of general. If you want specific stuff, we can, you can ask questions either throughout the talk or we can wait to the end, whatever you guys want. Um, so the first thing is to go back to thinking about why we run. We all have a different story when it comes to why we started running to begin with, um, but there's a few common themes, I think, that happen or that we gain from running. Um, so I put this on here, that running help us, helps us feel accomplished socially accepted as in our running community. Um, it helps us to feel strong or powerful or important, like I matter, and productive. It's something, so there's a lot of positive things that running gives us. Um, 
So, a lot of the times we hold negative beliefs about ourselves. And running can help protect us from facing those beliefs and fears that we have. Um, so a few of them that I wrote down on here are, I'm lazy, I'm weak, I'm not good enough, I'm not important, I'm fat, people won't like me. So I think these are really common things um, that m a lot of people struggle with. I know I've struggled with almost all of them, pretty much all except one. And you can probably guess which the one isn't that I haven't struggled with. Um, but so we do things and set up our lives to protect against these feelings that we have about ourselves. And running is a great way to protect against that. So when we're in recovery, such as in taper, we're essentially recovering to be able to be strong enough to run the race. Um, and also after a race, we're in recovery as well because we just ran a big race and your body needs to recover. Um, the recovery threatens our defense system by stripping us of our protective barrier and allowing our negative core beliefs to surface. So basically when you're not distracted and there's silence, so you may be, this has happened to you, you feel fine all day, you go to bed at night, you're exhausted, and your head hits the pillow, and your brain starts racing about a lot of different things, usually negative things, stuff that's been bothering you, and you haven't thought about it all day, but at night, it just happens to come up. And what's happening is, we're not doing anything to distract us from all of the crap that we hold inside. So that's essentially what's happening when you're in recovery and you're not running as much. Um, it takes away that barrier of distraction from what's going on because you have a goal that you're focused on, you're doing something, you act, you're active, and it gives you all these fun, wonderful feelings that I put on the top there. So, um, so the biggest part, I think, is just being aware of that um, and kind of reflecting to yourself as to what is it that I'm fighting against. And it's not a bad thing to have these thoughts or beliefs about yourself. It's just good to be aware of what's going on so that you know really what it is. So you might hear say, say something like, oh, I'm just having... I'm really angry right now because I'm tapering. <laughs> or, uh, you know, just don't talk to me right now. I'm tapering or I'm after a race. Just stay away. And I think it's like an easy excuse to describe what's going on for us. Um, so I think it's more helpful to really know um, I'm feeling left out right now because I'm not going to all the group runs because my schedule says I need to do yoga instead or to just do some light stretching at home or go for a walk or a hike and I'm worried about what might happen with not being with my friends right now, for example. Or feeling I must be lazy because I'm not doing all these things that I'm usually doing. So it's just kind of 
shifting from the, oh, it's just taper anxiety to what's, what's really underneath that that's going on. Um, so then once you have these wonderful feelings of realizing what's going on with you, um, then it's how to tend to that. So that's what I'll move into next. But I'll stop right now and ask if there's any questions so far. Okay, if you have questions, just pop in. Um, so, so the first thing is to make space for the, uh, the emotion and to work on shifting your mindset. So once you know the negative core belief that you're running from, it's good to understand it and face it. Understand that the anxiety and depression are trying to communicate with you. Um, when we're in training, we are really good at squishing all of the negative thoughts because we have to do that in order to keep going. So when you wake up in the morning and your brain says, I don't want to run, you have to say, shut up brain, I have to run, it's part of my plan. <laughs> so <laughs> you're in hardcore training mode, you're trained really well to ignore your thoughts. Um, but when we're in recovery, we have to listen to them and figure out what they're about. Um, so knowing, oh, you're trying to tell me something. So, so don't ignore the feeling, but you can calm the feeling. So the easiest way I can think of is like you would do with a child. Like if a child is having an emotion that they're really struggling with, you don't tell that child you're fine, you're okay, because that makes them feel invalidated. So you might say, oh, I understand it's scary for you right now. Um, so, so the examples I put, um, I hear you anxiety, so addressing that, but I've got this, saying, I'm okay, I can handle that. Um, I can handle my fears. So you're recognizing that you have them, but saying, I've got this. Um, my successes and failures do not define me. Uh, so I think that's also an important part because we put a lot of our self-identity and worth into what we do. Um, so you want to allow space for the emotion by slowing down with something like a breathing exercise, which is just being aware of your breathing, slowing down, and engaging in self-care activities. I put some ideas on here, such as like yoga, taking a bath, gardening, cleaning, walking, reading, music, whatever works for you. You know yourself the best. If you're not sure what works for you, experiment and you can find out. Um, the biggest thing is to use self-compassion. So you may not have heard of that word before, but the easiest way to think of what to do is to talk to yourself as if you're talking to a friend. Um, if your friend is struggling with something, you usually don't tell them that, well, you must not be a real runner if you're not running right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, but these are things that we say to ourselves, right? So it's, so that's, it's a, a nice rule of thumb if you check what you're saying to yourself and say, hmm, would I say that to my good friend that's in my position? If not, then it's not healthy to say to yourself either. Um, so it's really important to be kind to your body, 
thank your body, listen to your body, be sensitive towards your body. I know it sounds silly, but it's really helpful. So it's, body, thank you for getting me through this run today. And even if it didn't go well, it's important to thank your body for what it did because it's struggling and it's talking to you. When it's not doing well, it's trying to communicate with you. And again, we're so good at pushing it aside in order to continue on our training plan. Um, it's almost like you become an enemy with your body. You feel like your body is bringing you down and it's in the way. Um, but that just creates, like, think about it as, like, a bad relationship with your body. And, like, any, like, a friendship relationship, if you were talking to a friend that way, that friend's going to revolt. They're not going to be nice to you anymore. They're going to be like, I don't want to spend time with you. So it's like you have this bad relationship with your body, and it will revolt against you. So it's, how can I create a loving, compassionate relationship with my body, um, understand myself, listen to myself, um, so that my body's happy, and when my body's happy, I'll be happy too. Um, so it's important to not bash your body, don't punish it, don't degrade it. Your body's your friend, it's here to help you, it's gotten you this far in life, it will keep getting you further. The more you listen to it, the, the happier you will be with it, if that makes sense. Um, so another thing is to develop a running life balance. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought this was fun. <laughs> this is sillier than talking to your body. <laughs> it is, right? <laughs> I know I'm losing everybody the further I go down the list. Um, so... <laughs> So yeah, we often talk about, you hear about a work-life balance and how that's important, but I think runners need a running life balance. Um, so when life is made about running, when we're not running, we feel like we're not living. So if living is running and you're tapering and not running a whole lot, or you're after a race and you're recovering, then your whole world is crumbling down around you. It's pretty similar to people that lose their jobs and their livelihood. Um, somebody that um, has, is diagnosed with some type of severe health condition and their lives around them change. And this is something that I've seen a lot in my work and when people come to therapy, uh, their whole identity is just changed by what that loss is. And these are like little things that happen for runners, maybe not to those extremes, um, but little snippets. So I think it's, it can be treated pretty similarly. Um, so, so how do I create that balance? <laughs> um, you know, is there anything else in life that makes me feel as awesome as running does? I said, see list on why we run. <laughs> So hopefully there's other things in life that might help you feel accomplished, socially accepted, strong, important, um, productive as well. Um, running's a really nice way to feel productive, especially I think like type A personalities or people that like math. Um, you know, I ran five miles today. I ran 10 miles today. It's very concrete. I did something. When things are more in the gray area, 
um, it's harder to give yourself that credit, that check off the box list that I did something today. Um, so it's kind of, again, maybe, and that kind of goes back to the negative core beliefs about self of that I need to be productive. I have to be producing for what my self-worth, what does that mean? Is I not good enough? So that helps you bring back to those questions. Um, I put integrate recovery into your lifestyle. I know people talk a lot about integrating training and running into your lifestyle, um, but even before doing that is integrating recovery into your lifestyle because that's always something that you're gonna be doing in rec is recovery. When you're training every few weeks or so, you have a recovery week, right? Um, before a race, you're recovering. After a race, you're recovering. So if you can integrate that, into your lifestyle, I think that would be maybe a step to go towards. So um, things like like hiking with your family or friends or doing yoga with family or friends or things that, activities that you'll be able to do even when you're in recovery, kayaking, bike rides. And I also want to note um, understanding normal activity versus <laughs> abnormal activity. <laughs> I was talking to Jen about this this morning at FIT. Um, you know, it's really not normal to, on a Saturday, go out and do a 20-mile bike ride. Um, if you ask most other people and you say, I did a 20-mile bike ride today, that they'll look at you like, wow, that's, that's a lot of miles. And you're thinking, well, 20 mile bike ride that's nothing compared to a 20 mile run <laughs> um so <laughs> our view is a little bit skewed you know especially as you're doing longer and longer distances and you're used to just using your body like crazy so um so what i mean by recovery lifestyle I, i'm talking about like more if you're not quite sure what those more normal activities are, maybe ask some non-running friends, like, what are active things that you like to do on the weekend? And <laughs> that might help give you an idea <laughs> of things to do. <laughs> um, if you don't have any running friends, or non-running friends, then I can probably find some for you. <laughs> so, one of the things that you mentioned up at the beginning yeah. was the negative core belief that you're running from. Yeah. So some people that might be a little easy to find because they might say, oh, I'm running because I was once an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I run because I was an alcoholic. Yes. Somebody might say, I was uh, very overweight. I was unhealthy. I run because of that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that um, maybe think they're running from a positive place. So they mm -hmm. might have started this going, oh, well, I don't run from a negative core belief, so right. none of this applies to me. So yeah. what about those people where they just running is a positive thing for them and they don't think they're running from something? Yeah. So um, it might not have developed from a negative thing. You're right. Like, so sometimes we start running in school or, you know, when we're younger and we just start running and then we continue to run. Um, so some questions might be of, you know, why is it important to me? So I would go back to like why we do run and all these wonderful feelings. Um, I would kind of go through this list and see if there's anything that might jump out at you. Um, like be honest when you're reading that list. Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to say, you know, none of this applies to me. And that's why I shared in the beginning, like, um, I, I probably would be like, mm, if, 
you know, that might not apply to you. And if you're really feeling strongly about that, that's fine. I guess I wouldn't push you to go towards it because I guess my therapist's answer would be you're not ready for it. Uh, <laughs> and so it might sound like everyone has problems, um, which could, I don't know. Um, it, there's different degrees and so forth. So, you know, I guess I could look back at my, my story as running. I started running because it was the only thing I could do. Um, which doesn't sound that bad, but if you really think about it, that sounds kind of bad, right? Mm -hmm. I tried to do other things. I'm not a coordinated person. Um, so running, <laughs> you, know that's, you know that's true, Gustavo. He sees me try to jump two steps at a time. It doesn't work very well. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's still... I guess I kind of really think about that story even more so. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Do you have an example? No, I, th I think we hit it when you said just go back to the, to the list of what are some negative beliefs that people could have and yeah. be honest when you're thinking about it. Right. Don't just say like, oh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm lazy or Right. But, but if you look at my garage, my garage is a Tells me that I'm lazy. <laughs> my garage says I'm lazy, so I go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, there's also avoidance. Ooh, ooh that's good. I didn't include yeah. avoidance on here. Sorry. That's a whole different topic. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, you may also not start for those reasons, but then when you're still in the, in the moments when you're tapering or you're used to doing such high mileage and you get hurt or something, and you're used to being that person, then those feelings may arise. Yeah. I'm yeah. Now because. <laughs> right, because your baseline changes. We're going to really change how you feel about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel fine. I'm fine. Everybody's fine. You're like, everyone now needs therapy. I don't understand why. <laughs> Asking this question the other. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that's a good point, Danielle, too, is sometimes it might not be a negative event that um, jumps you into running, but we still get used to feeling accomplished and productive every day and feeling that, oh, good job, good work, and, you know, runners are very encouraging of each other, and then when you don't have that, if you feel this void is going on, um, that might be something to look at. <laughs> you mentioned when sleeping and thoughts yes. come into your head. Yes. The anxiety or whatever that, you know, did I do enough training? Did I, Yes. Know, am I going to be able to do this? My big thing is, um, because I'm fair, you know, with redhead or whatever, is how hot is it going to be? Mm. You know, my very first marathon, I drove myself crazy and I don't do this anymore is I was looking at the weather a week out and oh, every wow. night I would look at the weather and it would change oh. and all that other stuff. Yeah. You know. Definitely. But and I never bonked but because it was or I never bonked until the sun actually started coming out. And I don't know if that's more mental or whether it's actually more physical too. Yeah, so knowing I have a fair skin, fair complexion and how do I fare well with, you know, being in the the sun because of that um, so so some things that I might do would be look back of was there a bad experience in the sun or is that just a belief I've been told or had because of my fair skin um, is there anything 
that helps protect me against that. Like if I do wear sunscreen, am I usually still okay um, or not and things like that. Probably could ask more questions and go further. but um, Or it's just also your mind likes to distract you and try and sabotage you as well. So that could be, so then I might go back to, I hear you anxiety, but I'm going to be okay. I've got this down. I'm going to wear sunscreen. I'll reapply at mile whatever if we need to. And we're going to be all right. I'm not going to, you know, get burnt to a crisp. Um, I'm going to wear a hat. You know, just, I guess, because your brain tries to sabotage you and stop you from your goals a lot. So it's acknowledging it and problem solving away from it. Um, I don't know. Is, is that helpful? A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Um, any other questions before I move on? Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess the last part of that is to try and seek fulfillment outside of running. Um, is kind of like the, the sum of what I'm trying to say there. Um, the next thing is friends. So, friends really help a lot and getting through our anxiety, our depression, before a race, after a race. They're one of your best resources. Um, they're great. But I put in there to understand their role. Um, utility versus best friend. Aristotle talks about the different types of friendships. Utility, um, convenience-based friends, and like a, having a best friend. And in reality, you only have like a couple of best friends and everyone else is pretty much conveniently your friend or based on utility. So running friends, work acquaintances, and so forth. And that might be hard to think about because um, I know for me, friends are extremely important in my life. So it's like, you're telling me my friends are utility or convenience-based. Um, it kind of feels a little insulting. Um, but I think it's important to acknowledge that, um, that we do develop a lot of friendships and a lot of them are utility-based in running, and that's okay. Like, that's not a bad thing. Um, so it's, it's important to recognize that so that we can lower our expectations um, of, like, a utility-based friend. So knowing that there are some people in the running community that you probably might only see when you're running. So I guess this is why I bring this up, is when you're not running, and you're like, why am I not seeing this person? Or why am I not hanging out with these people? Um, it's not anything inherently wrong with you. It speaks to the level of the friendship that's going on. So I think that's another thing um, that sometimes people get caught up with is the because running can be very social as well. Obviously, group runs and everything like that. So that's why I wanted to address that is um, you can easily get into that negative thought pattern of when you're not seeing certain people and feeling like there's something wrong with me, but it really is just the level of friendship. But it doesn't have to be like that. If you want a deeper friendship, then develop it. So it's, you know, doing other activities together, like having a book club <laughs> or, or things like that, potluck. Um, so maybe if you want to develop closer relationships, invite people to do other things. Um, 
So I put on there, engage fully with the friends who love all of you and spend time with you outside of running. And that kind of goes back to the run life balance. Um, so I think that's really helpful in getting your fill in socially. And the last thing I put on here is the common advice that you pretty much probably hear from everybody is to plan ahead. Um, you know, plan your recovery, your taper, your post-race. So I put on here like add massage, add lunch with friends, read Harry Potter, <laughs> finish project 375 because you probably have a thousand projects going on like cleaning your garage. Um, <laughs> to your schedule so sometimes so again I guess that goes back to speak to like the type A personality that I think a lot of runners have is getting that like check off your list so sometimes so if it's not running write whatever it is that goal is in there like put it in your race plan you know or your um, race calendar running count whatever you call it um, and then <laughs> and then you can check that off and that might help give you some feelings of fulfillment so I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to cover, um, aside from the avoidance thing that can be a whole different topic though. Um, yeah, so yeah, so like do you have a specific question? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kind of made this general to apply to both before and after. Um, so, I don't know. So one of the things for me, yeah. the post-race, my experience with uh, the post-race depression is, you ever like have big giant parties in college? Mm -hmm. or, like, you have friends from out of town come in, you have a huge party, and then like the morning people start to trickle out and like you go 10.30 and suddenly you're the only one in your house. Okay. And you're like sitting there and it's just like you and the pillows. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, and you're like, it's over. Yes, yes, okay, thank you, that was helpful. Um, so yeah, I always call it like, um, like how you feel on Sunday a lot of times. You had like a great weekend, Sunday night comes around, you feel like crap. Um, also, New Year's Day is this phenomenon as well. If you went out, had a great night, and then New Year's Day is often crappy, at least for me, that's what I experienced a lot when I was younger, because everything's so exciting, and then, oh, I'm just sitting around doing nothing all day. Um, so, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I'm going back over what you just said. Oh. It, it's the end, right? It's like, it's, it's not that sense of like impending doom of I gotta go oh, work okay. on Monday. Okay, go thanks. ahead, you gotta okay. go. I got it. <laughs> 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 no. Um, okay, so that is, I, I guess I didn't put that on. I did way too many drafts of this, and I think I left some stuff out in the process. Um, was just like, oh, planning, that would be something to plan for and know, and sit with and be okay with. So, <laughs> not the answer that you wanna hear, I know. Um, okay, so knowing I'm gonna feel like crap after my race. <laughs> I'm going to be depressed. I'm not gonna feel very good. Um, so, uh, so I, going back to like my New Year's Day example, I think eventually at some point I realized that every New Year's Day I felt really depressed. Um, 
So then it was, I'm going to plan to do something on New Year's Day that feels exciting and fun. Um, and so, uh, yeah, planning for that and doing something. So I know you're exhausted, so don't plan anything crazy, but that might be... I'm going to plan to go out to dinner with some friends at night and just hang out. Um, even if you all just ran the same race and you're all feeling depressed, you can be miserable together. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I guess that's what I want to say. Like, it's okay to feel sad. If you just keep running from that and ignoring the sad, um, it's just going to keep creeping up on you. If you feel the sad, um, it, you move past it a lot faster than if you try and be like, I'm not sad. I don't get sad. Well, and I think that we were talking about it before you started presenting, and it's that idea of, of never signing up for another race. And then, like, 24 hours goes by and you sign up for another race. Mm -hmm. And that idea of, like, you're another goal because you, it's that loss of yes. the goal and that thing you were, you know, you were driven yes. towards. And then you sign up for another one and this kind of snowball of, like, well, I ran this many miles. I can do so many more. Uh -huh. And you keep building and growing and... yeah. You're not, not actually addressing that recovery right. or that depression. Exactly. So it's good. It's okay to like sit in that, you know, and it's, and it's not this debilitating depression where I don't think um, where you're not going to work, you know, you're not sleeping at night, you're not eating, you're feeling completely worthless, um, you know, having suicidal thoughts. If you are, then um, that would be a good idea to call somebody. But... Um, <laughs> Those are symptoms of major depression, but um, and so I'm not saying if you are, that's you know it's okay. You might experience it for a few days. If it doesn't pass after two weeks, um, that that's when to call. So, but to have those symptoms for a few days, it's that goes back to the self compassion and self care. So, I'm sad. It's okay. What do I do when I'm sad? Um, what helps me when I'm sad. So it's a lot of working on knowing yourself. Um, when we're sick, you probably know how to take care of yourself when you're sick, I'm guessing. Um, so maybe you like to eat crackers, uh, eat soup, lay on the couch, um, drink tea, watch movies, um, watch, you know, you stay home from work and you watch Price is Right, at least is what I would do. Um, These are all the things I do after. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yes, you want to, but it's, it seems, it's weird, like, okay, when I'm sick, it's okay to do those things, but when I'm depressed, it's not okay to do those things? What's the difference? It's what society's telling you what's okay and what's not okay. So, so that's what I mean, like it's okay to be sad and take care of yourself and what helps you when you're sad. So if that means planning ahead by, I'm gonna take off, you know, Monday and Tuesday off of work so I can, you know, binge watch a show on Netflix and eat my soup and um, drink my tea and just kind of sit in this for a little bit, that's okay. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's normal. Um, so I guess that's the other, so thank you for bringing that up. That's the other thing that I want to bring across is these are normal things and we're not supposed to be happy all of the time. Um, it's not some, human nature. I think some of it is back to, you know, okay, it's, we need to set, you know, set another goal. Yeah. I mean, I can relate 
<laughs> I, I do this now because the kids are out there, so I'm going on vacation in September to the point where I don't want to plan my vacation mm -hmm. and because I don't want my summer ruined. Right. But there was one year we spent the whole, and I mean, I can relate this with my races. We spent nothing. We did nothing on the weekends. We did nothing. We put everything into just two weeks in Maine. Went and had it, and it would, and I mean, granted, the two weeks, not a day rained or whatever. And then we got back and we're going, you know, and just the major letdown. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, like planning wedding or, planning, mm -hmm. you know, everything. Exactly. You put so much focus into that that you've got to give yourself permission to take the rest. Yeah. And I mean, I just got over to depression myself, and this is what I pondered this weekend. Yeah. Or not before, and I forgot that this was going, going on. You know, you got to, you know, say it's okay to yeah. scale back. And then get excited about the next thing. Right. But you don't want to, I think you need that acceptance of saying it's okay. Yes. Versus, okay, I'm going to cover it up with the next goal. Exactly. So, yeah, it's good to have next goals. But, yeah, maybe giving yourself some time in between to feel the feelings. It's kind of, yeah, go ahead. So, after a race, I get a really big high. Okay. If, um, if my training was sufficient. Like if I finished what I wanted to and I did what I wanted to, then yeah. I'm like, yes, I'm awesome. <laughs> um, I really struggle when my train wasn't sufficient or yes. it was a bad day. Yes. Or, and, and then I feel like I've wasted time mm. and energy that I'm not good enough. And, yep. and this self-talk, like how would you help yourself to like get through that? be okay with the expectation game? When right. your expectations are not what you... Yeah, so so that's why I go back to the self um, self compassion, which I know is really hard to do. It's really hard to practice self compassion. Um, so it might be something like, you know, my this run today did not go as I expected it to go. Smiling at Jen again, she had one of those days this morning, um, and so maybe this is when I backtrack and what's going on in my life right now um, or what have I been doing that might have led to this really crappy run. So honoring I'm towards the end of my two-week hard cycle and I am just beat um, could be something right and so it might be I can change my expectations that I'm going to be beat at the end of this hard training cycle. Or, you know, I haven't been training really hard, but all the fun things I've been doing have been, um, you know, really long bike rides or hiking really crazy mountains and I guess going back to recognizing what's normal and what's not normal also recognizing what's going on in my personal life that could be draining me emotionally as well. Um, so relationships, what's going on at work, um, because those things do affect your running. I think I know it affects mine. I have better runs when things in life are going well. Um, when things aren't going well, my runs sometimes struggle because of that because I'm just drained emotionally. So by recognizing those things and then saying, okay, body, I understand why you um, 
failed me today. <laughs> so, but, so again, being nice to it instead. So, okay, I understand you're under a lot of stress right now. What do you need right now to feel better? Um, so that's where the self-care comes in. Yeah, I'm reading a book currently right now, um, and this sports psychologist was in there telling a great thing that I, I took away from it that might help, helps with me and might help with other people too. It's that even if it's a raise or if it's a workout or it could be in your daily life task, like if it could be an awful run, you, you still can take away some positives that came from it. Mm -hmm. You can always say, oh, I got up for this run, I still got out into the distance. There's still some positive takeaways of no matter what you do. Exactly. Even if you failed the race miserably, you can say, hey, I did it. I still did great elevation. I still yeah. hit the paces in the beginning that I should have. You know, yeah. And then, then you, of course, you can say, here are some things that you know, I could have done better. Yep. You know, and then here then have some takeaways saying, this is what I would do differently. Right. You know, so that way, every single workout or every single race you do, you have some positives you can take away from that. Definitely. Not well all on the negatives. That's been helping me lately. Good. Not every run is going to be great. You know, you got to be okay with that. Yeah. Say, well, it, something you know, did go well. And it doesn't define who you are. Right. You are a person. I always say this to myself. My work doesn't understand it. They think I'm this crazy <laughs> person all the time. And they're like, I'm like, but it doesn't define who I am. It's what I do. Yeah. It's something I enjoy. Yeah. But it doesn't define who I am. Yeah. You know? And then I always try to put, like, at the top, like, yes, I'm a runner, but what am I? Who am I? Yeah. What, what, what would people say? You know, who am I? Right. It doesn't define who you are. That one day doesn't define your life or define your whole training cycle either. Definitely. Or one race doesn't define, you know, your whole journey. Right. Yeah, it's good to look at the positives out of every situation um, and be able to reframe that. Yeah, looking at well, what's going on that's in the way and having compassion towards yourself for those things um, to change your expectations and um, well what do I need to do to take care of myself so that I can execute the next workout better um, so you might actually find that more self-care is helpful to perform better but we know for a fact that yelling at your body and beating yourself up is not going to help you to perform better, but maybe taking a day to sit in the bathtub <laughs> and relax might actually help your next workout to be a lot better than if you spent that evening beating yourself up about what just happened. So, long answer. <laughs> I have really long answers a lot of the time. You can probably just on that one subject, um, trying to a little cap on it. I think that's a, something that's commonly overlooked in the running community. We're, the running community is very supportive of each other. I mean, you can't go anywhere without somebody telling you a great job. Even if you didn't meet your goal race, even if whatever happened, as a group, we're very supportive. To yeah. The, probably sometimes to the extreme. But this topic here, I think, is undermentioned when we bring it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We have a tendency to be harder on ourselves. And this weekend, um, a lot of our friends ran the Twisted Branch. Yes. And you can see that whole thing played out. Some people met their goal, some people didn't meet their goal, but it didn't change how their friends or their uh, running community supported them. Right. This topic here, I think, is uh, is, um, is important to bring to ourselves. Yeah. So I was um, interested 
I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's very important. One we don't really focus on. Yeah. And we help each other a lot. Right. We only help ourselves a lot. Exactly. And it's, um, you know, we can hear from our friends, you know, good job, you did everything you could, it was a smart move to drop and blah, blah, blah. But that doesn't change the internal feeling of still feeling like I failed, I'm not good enough, I'm weak, um, that could be going on. And your friends can be awesome of awesome and do everything and take you out and distract you and be supportive and everything. But if that isn't tended to personally, you're still going to feel like crap. Sounds like a horrible way to end this talk. So, but I'm so, yeah. Go sign up for another race. Yeah. Try again. Try again. So, I don't know. Yeah. Is it healthy to carry a nemesis race? One that you. Oh, that's a good is question. Is that healthy or is that, like, mm. where's the line? Um, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably different for everybody. Um, I think in and of itself, it's not, like, an unhealthy thing. It's, you're, tr you're chasing after a goal, which is motivating and encouraging and so forth. But, um, if you're noticing that you feel horrible training up to this race all of the time, year after year, um, I would suggest maybe taking a break, focusing on something else and coming back to it. Um, it's all about how it's affecting you to have a nemesis race. But in and of itself, it's not bad. You can still call it a nemesis race. I'm gonna go get that. Um, that's not unhealthy. But if you <laughs> feel horrible all the time, then it might be. Yeah. Stacy, just uh, <clears throat> from my own experience, <clears throat> some of the worst depression I felt is uh, when I've been in injured. So, yes. So, you know, so because you don't have, you know, with recovery, I've got some idea I'm gonna, I'm gonna get through this, and sometimes with an injury, you're not sure how long it's gonna take. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, that might be, probably, a, I could do a whole nother talk on injuries, but a lot of this could be helped, the same stuff would be helpful, but yeah, you're right, it's hard to know as to when that end is. You kind of have an idea, you know how long you're gonna be tapering for before the race, like that's obvious. Um, but after a race too, um, you probably have an idea of when you're going to pick things up again. Sometimes you're not sure. Or if you got injured on the race, um, then you really don't know when you're going to be picking things up again. Um, so I think it kind of goes back. So I think a lot of these things still apply. Going back and figuring out where the self-worth is tied up into running um, and the negative thoughts and that running life balance, you know, spending time with friends outside of running, um, having other healthy activities and being active, normal versus abnormal thing going on again. Because um, usually when you're injured, most of the time there's still a decent amount of activities that you can do. It probably depends on the extent of the injury. If you, you know, but a lot of our running injuries that we get, you can usually do other things. Um, but I would guess I would start with applying all of these things. And if that's not working, then I would look at 
I'd have to ask and go from there. Sorry, I'm my voice and modulation. Yeah, sorry for such the horrible answer on that one. <laughs> um, any other questions? I mean, that goes back to what he was saying, too. It's, it's not just the injury or whatever. I mean, if you're going to go out every Sunday and run with a group, and then after running, you go out to eat or whatever, and you kind of sometimes feel, you know, back to the negative thought, you know, I did not so yes. feel like I should celebrate afterwards. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it, it just, yeah. That changes the whole dimension of. It really does. Yeah, so I think it's, yeah, going back and really addressing those negative thoughts and to manage that. If you go further with it, like, um, you know, it's what I do in my work is you identify those negative thoughts. You go all the way back to the, you know, fun childhood stuff and you heal from there. Um, and so if you kind of also notice these things resurfacing, resurfacing, and it's really like kind of getting in the way, um, there's probably something that happened prior in your life. It doesn't have to be horribly traumatic, um, but something that happened to instill these beliefs within you that you hold on into all these situations. Um, so it's kind of going back and making peace with that and healing and how to move forward. So, um, so I guess I just throw that out there as to maybe things to think about. And it's not like you have some horrible problem or you're mentally ill um, and whatever, but it's, you know, these, our experiences shape our lives and who we are and how we respond to the world. And um, sometimes bad things happen and we don't realize how much that they're um, holding us back until we revisit that and heal from it. Anything else? Well, I really enjoyed doing this. Thank you all for coming. Um, if there's any other like topics or things that you know, if Dave will have me back or whatever, I'd be happy to come back and do other things.